podcasts of Joe Walsh and Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on the AM560 mobile app. Download it today at 560theanswer.com slash mobile. Good morning, Dan and Amy. We're uh, about a year removed from that horrific massacre at uh, Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. It was on Valentine's Day. And uh, shortly after, you'll recall, President Trump invited uh, the victims' families to Washington to publicly address him and others on the issue of guns and school safety, frankly, whatever the family members wanted to raise as an issue, uh, as was appropriate. And you'll recall um, Andrew Pollack, whose daughter Meadow was murdered, uh, gave rather poignant testimony. And uh, he made a commitment on that day. Listen to Andrew Pollack from that day. We're here because my daughter has no voice. She was murdered last week when she was taken from us. Shot nine times on the third floor. We, as a country, failed our children. This shouldn't happen. We go to the airport. I can't get on a plane with a, a bottle of water, but we leave it. Some animal could walk into a school and shoot our children. It's, it's just not right, and we need to come together as a country and work on what's important, and that's protecting our children in the schools. That's the only thing that matters right now. Everyone has to come together and not think about different laws. We need to come together as a country not different parties, and figure out how we protect the schools. It's, it's simple. It's not difficult. We protect airports. We protect concerts, stadiums, embassies, the Department of Education that I walked in today that has a security guard in the elevator. Hmm. How do you think that makes me feel? In the elevator, they got a security guard. I'm... I'm very angry that this happened, because it keeps happening. 9-11 happened once, and they fixed everything. How many schools, how many children have to get shot? It stops here with this administration and me. It's, I'm not going to sleep until it's fixed. And uh, Mr. Pollack has kept his word in the intervening year. He founded an organization, Americans for Children's Lives and School Safety, He's also co-written a book, Why Meadow Died, The People and Policies That Created the Parkland Shooter and Endangered America's Students. That's uh, forthcoming, uh, that, uh, that book, so we'll be monitoring Amazon for that. And we're pleased to be joined to pick up uh, this conversation by Andrew Pollack uh, from my future home state of Florida. Andrew, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for being with us. Uh, you caught my attention with this uh, really uh, incredible interview you gave to the Wall Street Journal a couple of weekends ago, or at least it was published a couple of weekends ago. And one of the things that yeah. you said that we developed in our discussion about it last week, but I'd like to hear from you first person, is that, quote, political correctness killed Meadow, unquote. What did you mean by that? Uh, you know, they're so, they're so worried about hurting uh, these at-risk youth's feelings and their parents that, uh, a lot of these things, a lot of these uh, kids in the schools are getting away with so much crime. Uh, 
because of political correctness, and they're worried about what their what their uh, feelings are and their families, and they're putting at risk all the other good kids that go to the schools, uh, like my daughter, like you know, most like 99% of the kids out there, they want to go to school and learn, but because of these policies and bureaucrats. And, and some of these uh, politicians, these Nancy Pelosi types, uh, they're putting laws into place that, that give these kids more rights. They're worried about them than the kids like, like my daughter that just wanted to go to, learn, go to learn and be with her friends and have a good time. And a prominent so, villain in all this is Robert Runsey, who came to Broward County from Chicago in 2001. And he implemented this program, which is ridiculous. I mean, so no student has a criminal background. And so when you graduate a school and you want to buy a gun, the background checks are useless. Correct. That, that's exactly so. In actuality, Robert Runcie wanted to stop the school-to-prison pipeline, but by not holding kids accountable and teaching them and putting them in the right direction in life, he creates the school-to-prison pipeline because when they get out of school, uh, by stats, what, what's going on in Broward, uh, felonies have skyrocketed. And we're really hurting these kids, uh, any kid. You know, I don't care what color a kid is, white, green, blue, or black. Uh, kids need accountability, and you want to help them and set them up to be successful in life when, they, when they're adults. What this program does is the opposite. It gives them multiple chances, okay, uh, at, at criminality when they're under 18. Uh, it make it creates an unsafe environment in the schools. We're losing teachers between being unsafe and teacher pay. We're losing teachers, and we're hurting all these kids that you know that are getting in trouble. So under this program he started, though, if, if a kid committed a crime, administrators weren't allowed to tell police. Yeah, what happened is what's terrible is that first of all, it comes from where you guys are, right? You yeah. guys are calling me from Chicago. Illinois. Chicago, yeah. Yeah, that's like. Uh, that's where it all started with Arnie Duncan, okay? Arnie Duncan, uh, Robert Runcie from Chicago, Eric Holder. They, he came from Chicago, and he brought that. They call it now even a governor who just won uh, in his inauguration speech. He called it a social experiment that went bad, and that social experiment on these children cost my daughter her life. And so mm-hmm. what, what the president did, uh, after uh, I met with him, he formed a commission of all his secretaries, and none of the mainstream media covered this. But I was in I was in the White House with the president, with other families from other shootings and the Parkland shooting, and we had a, a big meeting to go over the research that they did uh, over eight months. All every secretary he had was involved uh, in, in doing this research plus policy. And what meant to me, uh, what meant so much to me was, you see, before this, schools were pressured to participate in these programs of not reporting kids and not having them arrested and under-reporting. But he lifted that. Uh, Our president uh, recently, uh, within the last month, came out with these recommendations, and he uh, rescinded these Obama leniency policies pressuring schools to to deal with this throughout the country. Uh, what, what's cha- uh, well, actually, before we get to that, uh, the other issue. Yeah, yeah, can you hear us? Did we get cut off? Mr. Pollard? No, we're here. Can you hear us? No. We got cut off. No. No. Well, we've got a, a connection. Can we, can we effort a better connection there with uh, Mr. Pollock? 
Yeah, it's interesting because um, I was just going to go here with him, which is uh, the recent suspension of Scott Israel, the uh, Broward County Sheriff, by the newly elected Governor Ron DeSantis. Good. Mr. Pollock, are you there? Yeah, we're here. Sorry oh, about that. No problem. I'm traveling and I'm on a no cell problem. Phone. What oh. did I get cut off at? Uh, <laughs> no, you had you had finished. I was just following up on your answer about uh, Runcy and that model that uh, came down from Chicago. The uh, epicenter of bad, all bad policy ideas in the city of Chicago. Uh, but I wanted to pick up on uh, somebody else that's mentioned in this interview and was recently suspended by the newly elected governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, and that's Scott Israel and the Broward County yeah. Sheriff's Office, because you address what law enforcement failed to do as well as part of this discussion. Yeah, part of it was, so with these policies, with the with Superintendent Runcie, with these policies, this sheriff, this another political correct sheriff signs up they sign on to the program because their stats look better because they're not so he'll say we reduced felonies by 30 percent the same thing robert runcie the superintendent he'll say we reduced crime by 60 percent but in actuality they're not reporting any of the crimes so the sheriff uh, israel who got removed uh, always boasted and uh, about not arresting kids and keeping them out of prison. That, that was one of his success stories. But the, in with what happened with my daughter, his deputies were actually out to his house over 45 times, and never was, and he was never arrested, the killer. If he would have been arrested one time for the felonies that he committed, like punching his mother's teeth out, killing animals, uh, threatening people's lives, threatening to shoot the school up, if that would have happened, and they enforced the law that were in place in Florida, he never would have been able to buy a rifle. So by his deputies not arresting her, they were following Sheriff Israel's policies, and that's one of the reasons why he was removed, for his failed uh, policies. And, it, and it's one thing to, to offer the statistic 45 visits. It's another thing. You provided some specifics that I didn't know until I read your interview. One of the instances with the shooter was actually coming to school with a backpack full of bullets, and the school response was to remove his backpack. I mean, it's yes. just incredible the depths to which uh, the school safety uh, ethos had sunk under this program and, and this sort of culture there. So they, it even, this is even another thing that's even like that I live with every day. So he was going through, uh, he was going through. Uh, at Henderson Health, it's a behavioral uh, clinic, mm -hmm. and so he would dream of blood and killing people. Right? Uh, they send him to school, and they put him in LTC. That's oh where they gosh. put him at the school. Can you believe that? What the they they go there? That the JROTC teacher actually quit because of this kid. That's they put they took him away from shooting guns, and they put him there. And, uh, and, you know, this is what happens when just so much incompetence. Uh, and I live with it every day. Uh, and I'm, I'm like a one-man machine here fighting for accountability. And, and I'm getting there little by little. And you've you're, you're filed long, wrongful death lawsuits. And you've also sued Scott Peterson, the armed deputy who was on the premises that day and, and chose to do nothing. How do you deal with that anger? Uh, well, I'm... I'm <laughs> Well, this is how this is what it means to me. Uh, with the wrongful death case, and I really uh, we worked on it. I am the only parent out of the out of everyone 
that that did this with a lawyer. Uh, we have the wrongful death case on Peterson. Okay, that's the deputy, and then we also got Medina, who harassed girls at the school and watched him walk in with a rifle bag. Okay, off the street, a 40-year-old man watches a kid walk in off the street that came on an Uber with the rifle bags uh, and walk through the gate and never calls code red. Like, forget it. Okay, say you're a little, you don't want to confront them. Uh, you're scared of a little kid. So he never got on the radio either. So I got him on a wrongful death case also. Mm. But what what I want is to expose everybody, all the failures. So, so it doesn't happen again. So with my wrongful death case, I could subpoena everybody in this school district and, and expose them. And, and that's what it's about for me, uh, educating parents to look what they're looking at. Like, who would know? Like, if I knew I was sending my kid to a school where they actually allowed on his backpack, he had F, uh, the black bed, the N-word, okay, on his backpack. He had swastikas on his clothes. And that's what they subjected my daughter to that school a, a, a kid like that at the school uh, that would that was that bad it was so bad they wouldn't let him go to the school with his backpack but they let him so parents you know everyone sends their kid to the school thinking that everything's okay you know you're going to see him well when they come home at the end of the day but look what happened to me so parents really need to know about these programs and that's what that's what i fight so hard because there are options there's options for parents to send them to different schools. What, what if anything, has changed at uh, the high school in Parkland since the shooting? Uh, say that again. I what, couldn't what, hear what you. If any, what if anything has changed at the high school since the shooting? Well, that's the problem I have uh, with the superintendent. Okay? He's still there? He doesn't. He does, yeah, he's still there. Okay, yeah. Even like we have an editorial board uh, on the Sun Sentinel. It's one of the newspapers here. It's so liberal. Uh, they'd fit in real well in Chicago. That's that's how liberal they are. Okay. So they actually turned on the superintendent also and the sheriff. Okay. Okay. But they what what prop the problem is you get like the school board members that they're they're bureaucrats they're elected you know local uh, politicians and they go along with this ideology of they believe in not holding kids accountable. Where if you if I explain it. To anybody, they like it can't. They won't even believe it that that's how bad it is. But parents, they sneak it into these school systems, and you don't know about it. So parents need to look at their, what's going on in their schools, so they don't subject their kids to these at-risk youth kids. That we, you know, we want to take care of them, but it shouldn't. Uh, it shouldn't create an unsafe environment for our children. What if? Uh, what if anything is your reaction to the sort of? celebritization of some of the students from Parkland in the wake of the shooting? Uh, a couple of things I want to talk I didn't answer the last question. Oh, okay. Uh, sure. The superintendent, and then I'll get to that one. So okay. Superintendent Runcie, he's, he's making some changes. Like He couldn't figure out what a hard corner was. We're on the 11th floor. A hard corner is a lot of the kids got shot through the door in the hallway. They were lined up opposite the door instead of going alongside the wall. Oh, so, the, okay. you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So if they were alongside the right wall, he wouldn't have been able to shot to, to shoot through the, the window in the door and, and kill these kids. So we're on the 11th month now of putting the tape on the floor. They couldn't figure that out. 
But the main thing for me is he'll, he'll never address those policies that he brought to Broward of not uh, arresting kids. So that's my problem. He can make all these uh, security changes, but if you still have the criminals in the schools, uh, what good is it if your kids have a subject to them? And, and the other question you said, uh, what was it again? Uh, about uh, some of the students who've been amplified by yeah, the media not, turned into celebrities. These kids, uh, except for one, uh, came back to Broward to help. There was one kid that left the March for Our Lives. That kid is Cameron Kasky. Uh, he actually came back to uh, Broward, and he actually helped. He came to my school board race where we had a, someone running, uh, and he did something. All the other students could care less. Uh, they got famous on the death of these students here. Okay, None of them came back uh, to help in Broward. None of them put a tweet or anything. Uh, you know, there was a commission that worked on this for like nine months, uh, sheriffs from all over the state, uh, parents that lost kids were on it, uh, lawyers, education, people were on this commission. Uh, and they had a for uh, 10 months on Douglas and how to prevent shootings. And these kids, not even one tweet about it, never came back to Broward. Uh, and you don't even hear from them. So they, they moved on. Uh, they got their claim to fame. And um, I don't hear from any of them except for that one, Cameron Kasky. Well, you're always in our thoughts and prayers, and I'm really, really looking forward to your book. Uh, when is it going to be released? Uh, I don't, you know, we're working on it. It's almost done. You know, like every time we're ready to finish, you got to put something else in it that happened. You know, like getting the, the sheriff was used thing in Broward. You know, he's uh, he's really uh, in like uh, demo of Broward County because they are probably the worst of the worst people I've ever dealt with is uh, an unethical Democrat. And Broward County, if anyone just turns the news on, you could see it. We already removed the supervisor of elections, was a mm-hmm. Democrat. Mm-hmm. You got a sheriff uh, campaigning with Hillary Clinton in that election. He's removed an unethical Democrat. Then you got, now we got Superintendent Runcie, who who's putting his a political agenda of statistics of not arresting kids, and he's another unethical Democrat. So this is what's going on in Broward, and uh, and that's it. I'm painting. Now I don't like to categorize every Democrat, but the ones in Broward County, uh, that anyone, you know, Broward's on a map. It's, it's an embarrassment. I actually sold my house. I'm not even going to live in Broward anymore. Hmm. Yeah, you're traveling around. We know, uh, yeah, we know something about unethical Democrats in Cook County, Illinois. Uh, Andrew Pollock, he's the founder of Americans for Children's Lives and School Safety. The uh, book he co-wrote is coming out, so uh, stay tuned for that. Look, be on the lookout for that. Why Meadow Died, the people and policies that created the Parkland shooter and endangered America's students. Andrew Pollock, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Yeah. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. This is The Morning Show. More Chicago radio listeners are choosing. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer.